Hello, my friends, Andy Hedia coming to you live from Yorba Linda, California on the Living Fearless Devotional. Yes, and you can find not only this uh, show, but all of our past shows on resurrectministry.com. We also have a tremendous amount of content on there for a new believer or somebody interested to learn more about Christ. So we encourage you to check out those resources. Drop us a line in the comment section. And if you would like to partner with us, uh, you can also donate on the website as well. So good. We're reading in uh, Charles Spurgeon's uh, devotional called Morning by Morning. And we are here on September 4th. And the reference is Mark 1, 41. That says, filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Yes. Charles says in the devotional, the darkness of eternity past heard the Almighty's decree. Let there be light. And immediately there was light. And the Lord Jesus' words here were equal in majesty to that ancient word of creation power. Redemption, like creation, takes place through the word of power. For Jesus speaks and it is done. Leprosy yielded to no human remedies, but fled immediately at the Lord's words. I am willing, be clean. When he spoke these words, the disease did not show just hmm. some hopeful signs of hints or hints of, the, of recovery, for nature contributed nothing to the healing. His word alone caused the entire work of once and forever, at once and forever. A sinner is in a predicament more miserable than a leper. Thus, he should imitate the leper who came to Jesus and begged him on his knees. He should exercise what little faith he has, even if it is nothing more than, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Once a sinner does this, there can be no doubt as to the result of applying his faith. For Jesus spiritually heals all who come. For he said, whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. It is worth noting, Jesus touched the man, considered unclean by ceremonial law. He broke through the regulations of that law by coming to Jesus. Yet far from condemning him, Jesus broke through the law himself to meet him. Although it cleansed the man by touching, touching him, Jesus became unclean according to Levitical law. In the same way, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Oh, that poor sinners would go to Jesus, believing in the power of his blessed substitution substitutionary sacrifice, and quickly learn the power of his gracious touch. The hand that multiplied the loaves, saved Peter from sinking, upholds afflicted saints and crowns believers, is the same hand that will touch each seeking sinner and in an instant make him clean. The love of Jesus is the source of salvation. He loves, he looks, he touches us, and we live. Wow. Beautiful. So it's all about the cross. Yeah. <laughs> Took the words out of my mouth. Exactly what Jack's message was about uh, today. Jack Hibbs over at Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills uh, today. Uh, his message was on the cross. Yep. And uh, we'll probably has. have a lot to say about that later on. Yes. Nobody has uh, the cross because if, especially if you compare it to Islam, Muhammad was this great warrior and fought and conquered and, 
you know, did all of these things in society that they look at as great. And so they look at the instance, the historical context of the cross as a weakness mm -hmm. and that it was, well, why would you want a God that went to the bathroom? Why would you want a cross that would, uh, a God that would die? You know, like you don't understand the cross. You don't understand the substitutional sacrifice that Jesus took on our sin to set us free. Mm -hmm. It's it's such a it's a groundbreaking fundamental principle, and I love the comparison to a leper. Right, that is such a good comparison because that's literally what can happen, and it just gave me a new appreciation for all the stories of healing in the Bible, mm -hmm. because the that's, facts of healing. Yeah, that God, <laughs> that God, uh, the instances, the events yeah. of healing, because they wanted God was analogizing that for us, that that's what I do for you. It doesn't have to be a broken leg. I heal you of your sins in an instant. Right. The reason I said that is that in today's message that Jack said, it would be amazing if it was a story. He yeah. Goes, but how incredible is it that it's fact? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, is that just that much more amazing? And again, as you were talking, I was thinking about what you just said. And it's... It's, it's so true. If you were to look at every aspect of the Bible and all the books now, of course, these books were later put together in the, uh, in the order that they're put in. But I mean, that's, that's even, even more crazy that you could have all these seemingly random books written at different times different and um, that all of these writings had to be one source. Because it is first an impossible, even the best writers in Hollywood would not have come up with what's written in the Bible and how it all would come together. It's, it's virtually impossible. You can take all the best writers in Hollywood and, you know, the best authors in the world and say, okay, I want you to, this is a little project. I want you to write, you know, a book with chapters in it and verses and all this types of stuff. And later on, we're going to put it all together and make it a, in a, and the amazing, prophecies. Yeah. The prophecies and make them connect. It, with different writers that could not have known of the other ones at the time because there was no internet, there was no phone, there was no uh, telegraph. Different centuries. Yeah. So, so it's like, again, just what you were just saying, just like, oh my gosh, it, it's just so... It reminds me of uh, the psych test when they're trying to prove whether someone's mentally incompetent. Mm -hmm. There are these very complicated 5,000 question uh, responses that are required where they ask a question in a different format to see whether you're lying. And it is so intricate. They say nobody can dupe it. You know that if they if they do measure as insane, then they are. Uh, and it's it's the complexity of the way the Bible, the prophetic messages, are later fulfilled in future in future books. Mm. Nobody could fake that. Mm. You just can't you can't fake that continuity. Right. So, anything directly related to the devotional? Is there anything aspect of it that stands out to you that you wanna? Well, the analogy to the leper, yeah, and that we should come on our knees and ask for <laughs> and ask for healing. If people, but see, that's the thing is, is that if we don't preach the gospel as it is, then you're not giving people the opportunity to decide whether they want to come to their knees. If they don't understand the cross, or if they've never heard about the cross, how could they know whether they want salvation or not? Right. 
it's funny you bring that up because that has been something I have fought for um, a very long time. Anything. Going to my knees. <laughs> and in the last two weeks, I've done it a few times because it's just the final, it's the final, not the, probably the final thing, but it's probably pretty close to the final hurdle I needed to get over personally. Oh, neat. I don't know. I want to say ego wise, maybe sure is, is dropping to my knees in front of other people to worship our King was not, was not easy. I, I know that seems probably a lot, a very strange. And you heard many, the Lord many, tell you, yes, go, my, go to your knees. And he wasn't saying go to your knees and, and no, he wasn't, he was like, just saying, me, if you love me. yes, it was like, this is a time for you to go to your knees. And, uh, it's such a lovingly way. He yes, says it, it was. Right? It's authoritative, but it's still loving. It's yeah. isn't it awesome? I try to tell people, and, and I just recently uh, shared with you guys a couple weeks ago, or or so, maybe it was a week ago, that I, I talked to my sons about it, uh, and and that was a very humbling experience. Explaining to my children, uh, an eight year old, eleven year old, and a sixteen year old, about. My my walk as a as a a religious man, a Christian, and why they didn't see it, that re reflected my in my daily life, and I had to, I had to be honest with them and say, listen, I I got to tell you, I was this religious dude who walked around claiming to be a Christian and wasn't living as God wanted me to live. And if you're wondering, and I thought, I think it's time for me to tell you that I know that you notice a difference because they say stuff every so often that kind of shows me that they notice a difference. And they'll say, you know, whatever, something that comes on the radio and I allow it for a second and I could, I didn't catch it. And they say, hey, did you miss that? That was a bad word. <laughs> or, um, you know, something about um, alcohol or something like that. Or, you know, it'll bring up something in the past. And, I, and so I just felt it was time. It probably was time earlier, but I think I needed to be in the right place to sure. be able to show, show sincerity so that they could trust that what I was telling them was true. If you try to do something too early, even like, like I'm if, changed, like even like they're a like, diet, okay. like if you're on a yeah. diet and you're in your heavy, I changed the way I eat. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, you look exactly the same. They're like, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll believe you this time. Yeah. You know, how many, yeah, how many of those things have you done? You've taken on like a new project or a new ho a hobby or you know, after, you know, the, you know, New Year's, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to X, I'm going to, yeah. from now on, I'm going to, and they go, okay, brother. Um, and, uh, and of course, it all falls apart within about a day. Um, I but think uh, I think, I think the time needed to be put in, and I needed it to be uh, constant reflected in a long period of change. Absolutely. Um, oh, I know what I was getting to, but it took that, you gotta, you gotta be humble. Even humble before your kids, humble before God in front of your kids. Yes, um, it's so important to say. You know what? I'm I made some mistakes, some serious mistakes, and I did some things, and it was only because I was not walking with God. But as you have seen over the last couple of years, um, these things have happened, and they they are who I am as a as a new man Amen. In, in Christ. And uh, you can see they were listening, and they were very, I think, interested to hear what the story was. Yes, because there had been there had been some time there. Um, was there a difficulty going from a uh, Muslim to, to not anything for a little while? And then the Christianity, um, was it easy to, to tell Zara about it at that time? I wasn't around, of course. 
I didn't know you then. Was there some difficulty in saying, okay, listen, we've been running around with these head coverings on for 20 something years before you were born. <laughs> and I've been praying in the, the Eastern direction and washing weirdly with every a, day. With a carpet. Yeah, and, a carpet, and Arabic. And not eating pork. And now suddenly you see me eating bacon. I want to <laughs> explain why. Was there a moment where you? Uh, I, she, she was young, but I walked her through all of it because I tell the story often about my testimony where she saw the pastor on the TV constantly mm. loud. And she's like, who is this guy? You know, cause he's a very different guy than the ones she used to see on the TV, you know? Yeah, the big old beards. Yeah. Now, now he's wearing skinny jeans. He's like, wearing skinny I don't jeans. remember the, the mullahs yes. wearing skinny jeans, mom. Right. And so even though she was only like 10 years old, uh, she was interested in the change. One, she was thrilled we left Islam because she hated, she hated the rules and she hated the rituals. And so when I, uh, so when she saw the pastor on the TV, she asked me about it. I explained. And when I got baptized, I explained why I got baptized. And she said, I want to get baptized too. And then I said, I took a couple weeks to explain to her, are you sure this is what it means? And you have to accept Jesus as your Lord and savior. You have to give your life to Christ. You then you, in return, you receive salvation. And she's like, yeah, that's a no brainer. I'm in. <laughs> she just let's go get she, a BLT. Yeah, she just came with me. And actually, the first time I ate pork, it was the revelation from Second Peter, where the Lord brought the animals down on the sheet and told Peter to eat. And he said, Lord, I do not eat unclean animals. And he said, Don't call anything unclean that I have called clean. Mm. And I heard that sermon about that. And I told my daughter, We're gonna go get some ribs and some baby back ribs and some bacon. <laughs> She's like, what? And I was like, and I explained to her because she was there with me in, in uh, North Carolina at the yeah. church. So uh, it's just been an, it's just been an awesome walk. Really quick, I want to say hi to Carol. Hi, Carol. I haven't seen you in a while. Carol, hope everything is well. Oh, do tell. I think that was in response to hearing about your yes. uh, conversion. I, I, now I want to jump to something that we've heard from time to time. Not, not a lot, but every so often uh, that people accuse you of being a fake Christian. That you're a spy. First, I was a fake Muslim. Okay. <laughs> I was a fake Muslim. Oh, yeah. You're, you're fake. Um, that's just merely an attack. The people... So is it Muslims that were saying you were a fake Muslim? Or is it Christians? There were Muslims that... saying I was a fake Muslim and I was a Christian the whole time. For decades? Yeah, because I was undercover. Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> which makes sense. I got to admit. If I, I got to admit it's a clever response because... I was, I was their daughter. I was a daughter of theirs. Mm -hmm. And to say that I converted was extremely damaging. So they, they, it was easier for them to say, she was never a Muslim. She faked it because she was working for the government. And I was mm -hmm. like, I got to hand it to you. That's super clever. I wish that were the case but, because I wouldn't have suffered so many years, but that was not the case. And then now we've had a few Christians I know of. Yes. People that had come to you. And Jack, called it because when I first met Jack, when I first came to faith, he said, anybody questions your faith, you send them to me. Hmm. And I thought to myself, huh, how weird. I wonder why. And he called it that some Christians would think I was faking the Christian part. And so uh, he, as my spiritual father had offered to hmm. always, you know, testify on my behalf. That we think gave him the insight that you have experience with Muslims coming to Christ that have been just he has just, the insight. He just has the. I mean, that night, that day that I met him was just. I mean, he said so many things to me that were just profound. Uh, I told uh, when he first met my daughter, she was uh, twelve, 
and she was 12. What are you, what are you, you know? And he looked at me and he looked at her and he's like, oh, it's really nice to meet you. He looked at me, he's like, you have a shotgun? And I was like, what? And he's like, you're going to need it. And I was like, oh my God, what does that mean? A pastor tells you you need a shotgun. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, and boy, did he, boy, did he know. Boy, yeah. did he know. She's really given me a, love, a run for my money. Carol says her ribs are the best. So we may have to. Oh, Carol. We may have to get a, a fly, care package. Fly east to taste some of her ribs. And then we got Kate on. Thank Hi, you, Kate. Kate, for being here. Are you uh, still in Australia or you're on your way here uh, to California? Yes. Uh, and Lisa from Woodland Hills is Hello. on. Hello. We love Lisa. And we love Kate and we love Carol. Sorry, I don't want to yes. leave anybody out. We haven't seen Carol in a while. And the other person who's the fourth. We're not sure who the other. There's other people that are on that have not said hi yet. So make sure you say hi. Um, yeah, Jack, uh, coming up and, and telling you that uh, has been he a, called, a true event. Yeah, he is for sure my spiritual father. He calls he calls it every time. He healed me from a potential cancer scare. Hmm. Uh, I I told him what my diagnosis was with the doctor. And I told him, I said, listen, I told Jesus I'm not having it. And I said, <laughs> he told me, come here and get prayer from you. And he's like, let's do it. And then I, I told him, I said, and the next time I went in for testing, it was gone. Literally mm -hmm. gone. And I showed he, I'm like, it's gone. And he's like, no. He's like, would you send me the test? And I was like, absolutely. And I sent him the before and I sent him the after. He's like, oh, praise God. That's so good. He, he was just so happy too, I think, that not only that I was healed, but he's like, yes. Power <laughs> prayer. Jesus never fails. It, probably, it just never gets old. It never gets old. Seeing God uh, perform like that. Yes. Not perform. What is it? That, that's kind of silly. Seeing God um, do Ooh, his thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to ask you about uh, Levitical law. That's Jewish law. Jewish law. What, what, do you have any ideas why they call it Levitical? The book of Leviticus. Oh. Which is the book of law. Very, very complicated. Very complex. Mm. Very detailed. Everything from clothing to food to marital relations to children. Uh, extremely complicated. So he was in violation by touching a leper. I mean, even women during their menstruation are unclean and there's ritual washing before and after and very, very complicated Levitical law. That, that, oh, Gapon's on, <laughs> be prepared for some questions. I'm not gonna be, need my talking point cards in probably. Um, hi, Gapon, we'd love to have you. We prayed about you, Gapon. Yes, yes, we did for sure. And Lisa's applauding the, the cancer going away. Yes. Um, this, 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 writing of uh, Charles Spurgeon about Jesus violating Leviticus law to do what is right, yes. to do what his father wanted him to do. It reminds me, and I hope you guys don't mind me going here for just a second. It reminds me of what parents are doing right now at school board meetings in, in the sense of the, the mandates, in the sense of uh, even the laws in the state of California that are telling schools that they have to do something in a way in regard to sex education and genders and those kind of stuff. Vaccines it, and, and, the, and even um, abortions. Um, sex change. Sex change. And it's, it's, it's very much this. I mean, it just reminds me of the same thing that, that Jesus went against the, what was the law of the land that he was in at the time to do what was right, to do what God wanted. And I, and I think that's important because people also will often argue that no, as Christians, you're just supposed to shut up and follow the law. And not, you know, if the Supreme Court says that abor abortions are okay, you're not supposed to fight against it. You know, all these arguments. Sure. And and I, and this is one of the things I go to the school board meetings and say, I said, I, I understand what you're saying, that you're... And why you that, think that, that way. The state, yeah. the state of Sacramento is saying you have to do this, but it is wrong. Yeah. 
Um, we know that it, that um, churches who were commanded to, to shut down and close their doors, who didn't, were persecuted by the state. The churches turned around and sued and said, this is Jennifer unconstitutional. And they won. Yes. And they won. And so this is, and, and same with Jesus. He won. He, he healed the leper and did something against Leviticus law and won. And in the end, in the end. And so I think that this is a, just an important thing to look at when we are moving forward with what God wants us to do, on, in, especially in this country. This country was uh, created based on, a biblical, on biblical values. And, um, and I think that God calls us to do what is right. Even yes. even though we're losing some of the battles, we are also winning some of the even battles. Even when we are going to be persecuted, right, for fighting those battles. Yes, exactly. Um, we're we're seeing, unfortunately, some churches uh, bow down uh, to uh, these ridiculous mandates and and, and changing the government laws. Yep, to a false doctrine because they want to please people. Right. I love what Lisa says. She says, <laughs> God's law always trumps man's law and no pun intended, folks. <laughs> Gaffon says, do you believe that the Catholic teachings are wrong since you're non-denominational? If so, what examples can you state? Very simple. Uh, there are no intermediaries. There is no priesthood. We are the royal priesthood. So God had, uh, Jesus has specifically said in the Bible, through God's word, that we are the royal priesthood, that there are no intermediaries, that the only intermediary is Jesus Christ himself. And so the fact that they establish an, the intermediaries of the priesthood and the, and the classification, also the hierarchy of the priesthood. Uh, also, they use Mary as an intercessor. And though we love Virgin Mary and she's the mother of Jesus, she is not an intercessor, nor is she on par with Jesus in any way, shape or form. She gave birth. She had a virgin birth ordained by God to give life, uh, human life to Jesus, but she is not God. Uh, so that's another problem. And the sacraments. Yeah, we have a direct uh, red phone to the king. Hello. <laughs> Use it, Gafan. Use yeah, it. Pick we, up the phone. We don't have to remember back in the day. We had, you have to call the operator. Yes. Uh, to the, no. Can you connect me to seven one four three nine two? And I ask you, Gafan, as a Muslim, you have to try this because if you've ever prayed, yeah, I don't know how regularly you pray, but if you ever prayed as a Muslim, when you sit there crying in your deepest, darkest despair, and you hear nothing in return. You cannot imagine the miraculous experience of hearing God talk back. That is what Jesus Christ does. You pray to the Heavenly Father and you actually receive a response because when you give your life to Christ, he gives you the Holy Spirit, which is the third nature of the triune nature of God. And he speaks back. God speaks. He's a relational God. So please, I, that's when you heard from my 700 Club that I spoke that I heard the audible voice of Christ, you too will experience God in a miraculous way if you open your heart to him. We'll get to uh, another question here, but let's go through the scripture first. So we have And some of these are said in the devotional, but I think it's worth reading again. It's the story of the leprosy, the man healed from leprosy. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing. Be clean, he said. Mark 1, 40 and 41. And Genesis 1, 3. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Simple. 
John 6, 3, 7, all that the Father gives me will come to me. So that's part of the election process. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out, regardless of our sin. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That is the miracle of the cross, that he took our sin on the cross and that on that day when he defeated death, when he died and rose again, we died with him and rose again with him. Never to die again. So awesome. It's awesome. Wow. Uh, just got frozen in time listening to you say that again. <laughs> I could I could have listened to uh, Jack talk all day about the subject of the cross and how important it was. And what I learned about uh, the, the cross that a Christian wears doesn't have Jesus on it. Yeah. And that's the, other, the, the Catholic faith has Jesus on it. Because as if he's dying over and over again. Yeah. No. No, he's not he's not there. He's not there anymore. So Empty tomb. That's the important part of the Christian wearing a cross without Jesus on it. Is that he's he lives. He lives and we live with him. <laughs> so good. Such good stuff. All right, let's get to this uh Another question from Gaffon here. Go ahead and read that. Do you believe that Christians are being persecuted in the U.S.? I think so, because if a Christian doesn't bake the gay wedding cake, there would be closing threats of violence. Look at the masterpiece. Yes, it is. And, the, and again, that's in um, the prophecies that Christ gave us, that you will be persecuted for my name. And it is not an easy, it's not meant to be an easy religion. It's meant to be, the walk with Christ is a difficult one, so that we understand that we share not only in his glorious life, but in his death and in his persecution. So it's not for the faint hearted. And I think the what our government is doing currently and has been doing for several years, and some people look back maybe a hundred years, and that is doing everything they can to get every reference to God out of not only our public schools, but out of um, uh, municipalities, because it's a threat uh, to government who believes that government should be God. And so you're, you're going to get persecuted for, for keep trying, for trying to keep God in the forefront and it will, will, will be in this constant battle because us that believe in God believe of a, a higher power. And again, I go back to my argument earlier where we need to push back against the laws that go against God's word and his, his, what he wants for this country, what he wants for us. And we have to remember it's a spiritual battle, right? All the four, it's Satan and his army of demons and his legion that are behind us, uh, pulling us away from God. And so it's a spiritual battle in the heavenly realm, of course. And the Lord said that too, that we wear our, our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are powerful for pulling down spiritual strongholds in the heavenly realms. We are armed for battle, for spiritual battle. And uh, we have to remember that that is behind all the evil that we see. It's not just the people, because the people can change in an instant, like mm -hmm. Paul did, Saul. Uh, but it's demonic forces. I think it's one last thing it's important to remind people, and I've had to do this a few times, because we are voting in Christians under the school board. And people will say, well, I, would I want a Christian on the school board because I'm not a Christian? That The point is, is that we are for maintaining a school environment that has, that maintains morals, um, good, sensible morals, 
you know, no killing, no stealing, you know, no calling each other's names, respect other people, regardless of the religion, respect other people, regardless of their cover, color, love everyone, regardless of their believers in God or not. That's what we want inside the schools. If without that, we have what they're trying to do now. And that is the divide people between colors. oppressed and oppressor and colors and all these things. And so that's what you get when you don't have uh, morals through the biblical for through the, through the Bible. Um, but it's not to threaten other people who are not Christian um, that this won't, they won't be welcome. And that that's always the attack, right? That's always going to be the attack that they're going to use. We heard it the other night in the speech that the, the, we're the, homophobic. The, that the, we're, the, yeah. That we're homophobic. Yeah. Homophobic, democracy. We hate law and white, order. white like, supremacist. It's like so nuts. It is the, of course they're going to attack you with the things that we're trying to say that we're not, I mean, that, that that's simply not true. Uh, and they, that's where they go because they want people to believe that is what it means to be a Christian. And it is the exact opposite. A, a Muslim is welcome into the public school uh, just as much as a Catholic or a Mormon. Um, and, we, and again, we love them all. And we all want to be in that school together with our kids to learn about other people, but to learn how to read, write, count and how to think. It, regardless of I'm um, sitting next to a Muslim, we love the Muslims sitting next to us. And uh, we want to be the light to them and, and don't want to be a threat to them. That's what's important. Uh, and that's how they should live as they grow up and get out of the, the, the public school. That's what they should be learning in the public school, how to love one another, be able to do school together, and then later on how to work together and, and live amongst Amen. each other would be great. Sorry, I get on a, I get no. on a soapbox. That's fantastic. <laughs> I hope you know the answer to this question because I have no, no idea. I don't, know who, uh, I don't know who these people are. Oops, sorry. Uh, I don't know. We don't know who Jimmy Miller is. Um, interesting question. Uh, and Hillsong is a legitimate organization, actually, uh, because they're acting against the Bible, um, supporting LGBTQ. Yes. So uh, that's another theme that's come up repeatedly uh, in the sermons that we've been listening to is that we have to stick to God's word, whether it's unpopular or uh, counterculture. We are a counterculture because we're God's culture. And so as soon as a church stops preaching the gospel or is abusing the power of a church, it is no longer the church. It's false doctrine. It's demonic. So um, there's the answer to that, whether it's Hillsong or anybody else. I'll let you control it. We have a lot coming in. Uh, Lisa, she was going to tell us a little bit of her testimony. It still brings me to tears that God the Father reached down into such an evil darkness and rescued me multiple times. He loves me that much, and he suffered and died for me. I get to share the truth about Jesus with anyone who will listen. Amen, sister. <laughs> the truth is Jesus came against the hypocrisy of the religious order of the day. Jesus took nothing for himself, and Jesus healed many. Jesus preached his Father's righteousness and just kingdom to come, and Jesus gave his life for all our fallibilities. Amen. Is palm reading like anything? Is that unbiblical? Yes, absolutely. Anything that is not of God is demonic. Kind of like yoga, which we talked about yesterday. Yes, exactly. Right on, Andy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Uh, we do need to count the costs. Once you follow him, there is no turning back. There's nowhere to go beyond him. It's a battle and we die to our flesh daily. It's not easy, but he is walking with us and has left a map. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Refined by fire. I love how some of these words always remind me of songs. No turning back. No turn. What's that song? 
Is that the one where he ran out of the grave in No Turning oh. Back? No? I don't know if it says No Turning Back. No, I heard song. his voice and I ran out of the grave. <laughs> and now there's another one that says No Turning Back. Oh. They repeat it like three times in the song. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, do you do any street preaching? Just asking. Well, actually, we've done it a couple of times. And I started early on with a dear friend of ours that's a street preacher. We haven't gone lately. We keep saying we will. But hopefully. We're doing it now. This is our street preaching <laughs> over the airwaves. Um, but Glenn, who you went street, yes. street preaching, uh, you did an interview with him on uh, His Glory TV, yes. Res uh, Remnant Rising. You can find that on the website, uh, our website, uh, Resurrect Ministry, which is right here. Yeah. And, uh, His name is uh, Glenn Langor. An author. Author. Best-selling author. Yes. And would a house church be a good substitute for a traditional church if the churches are bending and compromising of worldly things? Yes. So we do both. But we are just blessed to be in the vicinity of Pastor Jack Hibbs, who is a phenomenal, godly man. And there are quite a few churches if you just, you know, spend the time to look. Uh, but it's definitely better to do either a home church gathering or online if you have no sound churches in your area. We just happen to be blessed to have one. You remember where Gifan is watching from? No. Where are you watching from, Gifan? Oh, she's giving you the tune. Oh, yeah. I have decided to follow. She's no, no turning, turning back. back. No, no turning back. back. <laughs> I can't get the tune right now, but yes. Uh, that's the one, Mary Kate. Do you agree with the teaching of Franklin Graham? I think he's more of a Christian than his father. You know, <laughs> I don't know why everybody, I, why everybody doesn't like Billy Graham. I know there's all these, uh, Lee, uh, Lisa actually sent me something about him being a Mason. And, uh, you know, I, mm. was because he's passed away too, I just, I don't, I don't know. I personally don't like to disparage Billy Graham just based on the, just the amazing things that he did for the gospel and for the church. Uh, but his his son Franklin is no joke. Uh, I went to a couple of sermons of his that he gave at um, Harvest uh, Greg mm -hmm. Laurie's church, and he's he's amazing. He is a no nonsense preacher. Mm. Yeah, I wonder why. I, I've I've also heard the same thing. I, I don't know enough uh, to be able to really comment on it. But uh... and Greg Laurie defends him fiercely because he said that. He said he was so worried because there's stories about infidelity and stuff. He mm -hmm. said he was so worried about people accusing him of infidelity. He never was alone with a woman. And he said, Greg, Greg said he traveled with him and he put him in an adjoining room next to him every time he traveled so that he would be able to witness that there was nobody in his room. He went to that extent. And mm -hmm. he said he traveled with him dozens and dozens of times, but that he always had a man in an adjoining room with the doors open um, so that he could testify to what he did wow. in that next room. And Greg was uh, is talking about how uncomfortable it was. Like it was super awkward. He was like, uh, oh, okay. You want me to like, he's like, yeah, leave the door open. He's like, okay. <laughs> but that's how it's kind of like what Mike Pence says that he's never alone with uh, mm. a woman that's not his wife. And yeah. Pastor Jack's the same. But just that, yeah, I don't know. I, I wish I, I knew a little bit more about him, but uh, you just think of all of what he's done to further the, the the gospel and to bring people to Christ. Yes. I mean, I think we'd be in a very difficult place if it wasn't for Billy Graham and maybe just a, a couple of people like him. I mean, hundreds of thousands of people came to Christ because of yes. what he did. Um, 
Where do you want to go next? Again, I'll let you. Uh, oh, uh, Gafan's from uh, New York City or watching from New York City. Oh, okay. So, Gafan, I, I can tell that you're pursuing uh, Christianity. Have you thought have about you flying thought about... to your Belinda and come to our home church? <laughs> or have you thought of accepting Christ? More importantly, uh, but yes, I'm curious if you'd answer our question too. Yeah. Are Christians consuming marijuana for medicinal uh, purposes? Pass. <laughs> you want I'm not a fan of this question, uh, just because I, I believe that the Bible prohibits intoxicants, period. So if you're going to use marijuana to be intoxicated, intoxicated. Uh, yes, the then it's forbidden. But if you're using it for medicinal purposes, yeah. I love that. The, the people... But to me, it's like the drinking one drink thing. Mm -hmm. Is this it, is you where, can do it. This is what we're heading. I just yes. because there are people that take a lot of drugs, uh, not a, an individual taking a lot of drugs. There's people. There's a lot of different drugs that they're opioids and methamphetamines and things that, like that a lot of Christians take <laughs> because that's what the doctor prescribes to them, and it is far more intoxicating uh, than what marijuana could be for somebody that has cancer or trouble sleeping or what have you. That you could try these other things and they can become very addictive. Now I'm not. I'm not going to give the argument of whether marijuana can be addictive or not. It just depends on how how um, in deep you go into the smoking of marijuana to get high. Um, Same like can, drinking. Yes, right. wine is permissible I mean, in the Bible, but getting drunk is not. I know that there's plenty of probably Christians out there, even pastors that have a back problem or something that are told to take Oxycontin. And if you just can do that too often, you can get addicted to that too. So it's all about what is the reason you're you're taking the medication and are you controlling the consumption to make sure that you don't get into trouble with it? Is it just, are you taking it just for that purpose and then you're over it or not? So do you think uh, taking like, I don't know how to use the expression gummies mm. with THC. I don't mean the non, non intoxicant form, but if you were to, if somebody were to mm. take that every day, even if they say it's just for my back. Yeah, I think that you get in trouble with doing something, anything every, every day. day right? like I have trouble okay. taking Advil every day, not because I think I'm doing something against God, uh, but it's just not really healthy for you to do something every day. Just but like I take thyroid medicine every day. Yeah, but you have to. If you didn't, then your system would go out of whack. Right. And it, it is a balance of your thyroid. Right. It is, it is mandatory. Are you getting high off of it? No. <laughs> is it altering your brain or your mind? Okay, so we do agree <laughs> that it alters your brain and your mind, THC. It can. It can. Yep. But again, if you're taking it because this is the thing that gets you to go to sleep and it helps for you to have restful sleep. But if you're doing it every night, then you have a greater problem okay. if you're taking it every night. Just like a Tylenol PM that I take on occasion for those nights that I think, you know, this is going to be a rough night. I can feel it because I either drink too much coffee, which is my fault, or just a lot going pain. on in my mind, uh, pain. I'll take a Tylenol PM. But if I did that every night, I'm, I've created a problem. Yes. And it's uh, it's something that I should be healing with prayer, uh, reading in the Bible to help me uh, get Relax. relaxed and think of, get the stuff off my mind that has caused me to stay awake. The Bible, I'm sure, could cure a lot of that. Amen. Okay. Good, discuss good, good discussion. Good. Good loving. <laughs> uh, Kate got saved with the street preachers. I love it. Teen challenge. That's awesome. So many wonderful people. Receive Christ through all of those amazing street preachers. I love that. Oh, that's good. Jan says her mom thinks Chris Ward looks like a young Billy Graham. I think so too, actually. I thought the same thing when I saw him. That's so funny. Really quick on uh, Chris is that um, Jan, I, was Jan on last night? I don't remember. 
was possible. I can't remember. There was a lot yeah, yes, she was. Yes, um, she was. Yeah, what, did you comment on how much, you, did you like Chris's message yesterday or this morning? I'm not sure when you saw it, but uh, uh, his message last night, I thought he, he had, uh, what's the word? Like come of age, is that what I'm looking for? Or come, I mean, just he just stepped up on another step. <laughs> uh, of his uh, of his pastor life, I thought, really, really laid it down, uh, and I think it was necessary. And again, we we probably Hetty and I are in a completely different place of the other of many of the people that attend Drumlin and French Church. Some of the people have left because they weren't getting you know what they thought they needed. And we I, we're not we don't necessarily get fed there. We're, we're, but yesterday we got some. Yes. we got some feeding. We got some, got some meat yesterday. <laughs> so uh, Jan, it'd be great. Oh yeah, she says she loves it. Loved his message. Wait, yeah. no, you did. You skipped Grafon's most important message. No, I so just far. wanted. I'm connecting Jan's oh. comments and my question okay. about Chris Ward. That's all. Now I got to go back. Okay, let's go back to Grafon. But Jan, thank you. Yes, I, I, I thought it was amazing. I thought it was awesome. Ravon's leaning towards Christianity. Leaning? leaning. Yes. Take the plunge, brother. Yeah. Take the plunge. You know, fall over. Yes. <laughs> fall, fall to your over. knees. Fall, fall to your knees. And don't wait as long as I did to go to my knees. Let me say, you know, God, you, um, the love of God um, has just really hit speak. me late, Has hit me lately. The message of love is really speaking to me lately. And again, I say this as a man that I know some of the, it's, and maybe not for you, but it can be one of the most difficult things is to understand that concept of love how we can give love and how God gives us love and really being comfortable with that. And again, that may, I may, that may not be speaking to you, but I'm telling you, it is a world of difference of um, loving yourself. Yours yourself is a miserable, horrible, nasty human being. <laughs> and the Holy spirit, the gift of the indwelling of the Holy spirit to hear God speak. There's nothing as extraordinary as that. And Islam and believing Islam is false and that Christianity is the truth, but you don't know you're on the fence. Get off the fence, dive in the pool. And Hinduism, no, Hinduism has multiple gods. It Come just on, doesn't, bro. doesn't make sense. He died. It doesn't make sense. He's dead. Whoever, yeah. Whoever, no, it's is. multiple gods. Yeah, the those, multiple, they're all creatures. Dead. Yeah. <laughs> they never live to be dead. Oh, they're creatures? Yeah, they're like, like, a, creatures. like a dragon with two yeah, legs it's, and stuff? It's, it's mixed animals. They're mixed mm -hmm. animals. It's like a donkey body with serpent hands and oh. they're like, they're idols. The woman with snakes that come out yeah. of her head? Similar. Really? Yes. Why would you do yes. that? It's creepy. I mean, just the, the, the God is creepy looking. It's got all those arms and tentacles. Yes. It's, how could you pray to that thing? It's, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be insulting a Hinduism. Yeah. I don't mean to be rude, but it's just not. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Hindu it's just people. not Jesus. Uh, is gluttony <laughs> the most ignored sin? Uh, interesting that you say that people eating too much. Yes. Gluttony is, I think, ignored too. It's, uh, it, it's important to be disciplined about everything that we do. Anything in excess oh is, is bad. You're talking to the queen of eating discipline. I've never seen anybody like you with eating. I just eat. <laughs> what do you, what's on the menu? I'll take that. But I, I wish I could explain everything to you guys, but it is it is breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. Anything that goes in that pie hole is measured uh, based on her weigh-in in the morning <laughs> i'm telling you okay uh, it's a little obsessive I but it's love it it's disciplined <laughs> and my brother used to make fun of me too but i just tell him that it's part of my discipline i just i have a discipline over everything I love everything that goes in my mouth i, I think it, it helps me too uh, you 
doing that helps me. And you know what? I've told everybody in my life that Hmm. all the girls, I had a staff of, you know, 10 to 12 girls at any one given time. And they would tell me, they're like, oh, your eating habits are so healthy and clean. I was like, I promise you, you will leave me a better eater. (laughs) All of them did. All of them did. It was just by virtue. It rubs off. It rubs off. Just really quick, jumping back to Chris Ward at your blend of friends and Jen, she said that she hasn't heard that before at friends. And she's been there a long time. Oh, Chris's message. Chris's oh, message. it was awesome. He was I, just like, we're preaching the word here. I was like sitting there just looking at him. And I saw him make eye contact with me a couple of times. Okay, and now that we know he sees everybody and is watching everything, <laughs> I'm like, I make sure that I'm always looking at him. You know? But years ago, I got I to gotta talk about Jack. Uh, Jack. I got about Chris. Um, when he first came to Yoblin of Friends, uh, he'd been there maybe for a couple months and his, and we, and we lost, um, uh, oh shoot, what's his name? Uh, Phil. Uh, Phil was another pastor who was there. He was a teaching pastor who, who taught on a clear uh, plexiglass uh, whiteboard, but it wasn't white, it was clear, uh, and, and a very powerful speaker. He ended up leaving because of some conflict at the church. Chris came in a couple years later, uh, or not, I mean, a couple months later, later, and he began to kind of catch hold with his teaching and, and, and got really good. And as a young kid who came to the church, as you can imagine, it's been 15 years. You know, he looks young now. Yeah. You imagine 10, 10 years ago, whenever he came. Um, I even told him then, I said, this church needed you after Phil left. And I, I, met, I we were at a retreat together. And Aww. I sat next to him. And he was that good table. back then. He was good because he was teaching scripture. <sighs> but, he, but, but it was, you know, in, in a Yorba Linda Friends way, just a just a, a, a tick, just a tick up, right? And, and he'd been that way for a very long period of time. But I knew, I told him, I said, you you just, you need to keep doing you. And and I go, I appreciate what you're doing because your messages connect with me more than anybody else that speaks. And not putting down that or anything like that, I'm just saying. Um, but last night was almost like me going, I told you. I wanted to, I, and that, and that when he looked so at me, people when he looked at me, he looked at me, it, it almost like we looked at each other and he, he goes, I, I, I got that feeling. I don't oh, know. Nice. But uh, he looked at me a couple of times as he was preaching. And I go, that's the guy that I've been waiting for. Awesome. I knew that you could do it. Um, We're going to see a lot more. It was so good. Right? I was just so Wait, happy. Don't change it. Yep. Uh, Kate says, there are no degrees or levels in Christ. With commission comes power. Yes. He's stepped into his calling. Yes. Amen. Yes. And Lisa says, watch Jack Hibbs teaching today. Yes, that's what we opened with is. We got to see that today. Please tell me why you can't love Jesus. Not being condescending. If you listen to that entire teaching, how could you not love Jesus and believe in the power of the mm-hmm. almighty God and reconciliation? Because before we were created, God had Jesus suffering on the cross in mind. It's so amazing the deeper you go. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's an extraordinary message. A couple of my favorite parts with Jack's teaching today was that he was talking about when he was at uh, Trinity University. Trinity University, is that what it's called? Who? Uh, Jack, he was at a university teaching to or uh, speaking to 10,000 kids. Oh, yeah. Did at, he say it was Trinity? It wasn't Biola. Uh, no. Okay. It was, I, I think Trinity. it was Trinity. And he was talking about um, the cross and that it's uh, illegal in some countries. And um, in Islam, it is considered, uh, you know, not not acceptable. To, you have to hide your cross. When you go to anybody in anywhere that has in the Middle East, in the Middle East, because of the Jews and the Muslims. Right. And he's, he's talking and, you know, Trinity is a, a Christian uh, university. However, he was saying that some people that are not Christians are 
it's okay for them to, to come there right. because they're what they're hoping is that they'll convert. And he said, while he was speaking about the cross and how it was illegal in some areas, he said he heard a commotion and then there was a little bit of an argument in the in the people that were watching. And after he got done, he goes, what was all that commotion about? And he goes, there was a, a Muslim who was very angry about what it was you were saying. And he goes, oh, really? <laughs> he goes, but I was, tell I was telling the truth. Why would he be angry? <laughs> um, and uh, and they, they talked about it a little bit. And then I guess it was about eight years later, from what I remember him saying, that he was speaking to the dean of the university. He said, remember that guy that got all upset about what you were yeah. saying uh, about uh, Islam and the cross and all this kind of stuff? And he was really upset at you. He goes, yeah, he goes, he accepted Jesus Christ as Lord Savior and, and today is a Christian. And he goes, he goes, there's God working again. Yes. Um, it was a, that was a really awesome story. Uh, and Khaban says, is Islam in support of idol worship with the Kaaba? Interesting question because they, you know, the doctrine says they're strictly prohibited, but yet all the prayers are directed towards Kaaba, the black box uh, that supposedly Abraham built. And it's, it is a little strange. It is a little strange to have that as an emphasis, especially when you claim that there is such a monotheistic uh, doctrine in the faith. And Jan is saying she just finished an out burger, too hot to cook. Oh no, we we hear you. <laughs> we eat out a lot. Uh, really quick, I want to correct what I said. He says here. Um, David Henson was. Uh, David Henson calls me up from Liberty University. Liberty. And he said, "You remember that guy uh, that went nuts when you would get the, when you gave that message on the cross?" Yeah, I said. Guess what? He graduated this year. Uh, you should know he became a Christian. You, Amen. And went on to talk about, um, you know, what happened after that. That was awesome. So it? um, uh, it's Liberty University. Liberty University. As Christians, why is gambling a major sin? It's another idol. Anything that becomes an idol in front of God is a sin because we, whether it's wealth or or the opposite sex or an intoxicant or gambling, anything that becomes an idol in a person's life is a sin. Yeah. Because nothing should come before God. Just like what I was talking about with the, the pills, the prescriptions and the drugs. Exactly. So anything that replaces God um, is, is especially because it's harmful for the for family and life. And yeah. yeah, because you're the money the that that God gives you through the skill to have to hold a job and to have a skill to do what it takes to make money is from God. Yeah, and what you do with that money should be for the glory of God. Uh, and that is to care for your family, yes. uh, to tithe, and to uh, use it in a way that glorifies Him. It, it's not to be gambled away, uh, which is obviously not not recommended. Um, Are there levels of heaven? Interesting. Another interesting question. I think the best way to describe it is. There are crowns of glory that we receive, uh, seven that, as if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, that are mentioned in the Bible. But uh, the best way to describe it is more like the nearness to God in the Christ. So whether if you imagine it like a stadium, whether you're in the nosebleed section in the back or you're at the king's table, there are variations based on um, our good deeds and the crowns that we receive and the glory we receive. And there's there's positions, there's authority, there's governorship, there's uh, ability to judge. There are ranks based on your accomplishments, but um, I don't know if they're in different spheres. I, I couldn't say. I don't know enough about the doctrine to say. 
Like you have to take an elevator up to the next level? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll listen to the cross from Britannica. I don't remember Britannica. He brought up uh, Jack, Pastor Jack Kibbert said he... Where's Britannica? Was, no, I think he... Uh, I remember, I don't know if it's from the message today. Because he said he took some words from the, the Encyclopedia Britannica. Oh, he was talking earlier today. Oh, okay. I, I think that may be what she's talking about. And I'm sorry, I can't remember the whole discussion in that. But okay. I remember him saying that too. Because I had the, the Encyclopedia Britannica at my house when I was a kid. So did I. And I remember reading My dad it. made me memorize it. Yeah. <laughs> tested me every week. That's awesome. Your dad was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold. Where, oh, uh, in Australia, it's cold. Wow, it's supposed to be spring. Uh, is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit one, Hedia? Yes, one God in three manifestations. So yes, they are one. It's just uh, the three manifestations of God to humanity and right. to angels. Right. Interracial marriage with fellow Christians in the Bible a lot. Interracial, like different races? Absolutely. It's not, we're not distinguished by race at all. It's by piety and righteousness. Lisa says. He read it at the very end, the definition of the history yeah. of the first crucifixion of the cross. Oh, that yeah, yeah, part. Yeah. That, I didn't realize that was from uh, yeah, the Britannica. Britannica. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was horrific. Yeah, that was. I took pictures of every slide and yeah. I post that. <laughs> that was, uh, so for, the, for those of you, I mean, I know there's a, probably a lot of people that don't, or a few people that don't, uh, didn't see the message today and don't follow Jack Gibbs, but at the end, it was a, uh, a history of the torture uh, of being uh, crucified. It, it changed from a spike that would go up the middle of somebody from the bottom up uh, to a cross where they would have it's to carry it. Humane. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It went from almost instantaneous death, like in, in like three Less hours, uh, to several days of death on the cross um, so that people could witness it. And now, unfortunately, the original crucifixion was invented by the Persians. Yeah. Way to go, Eddie. Yeah. I'm telling you, there's. <laughs> Centuries of debauchery. Centuries. Uh, and, Kate uh, says, yeah, yeah, at least that stuck with me too. Yeah. I'm sorry. Now that you mentioned now that it, it was pretty interesting. Gruesome. Can Christian smoke cigars, Hedia? George Bush Jr. is Christian and smoked cigars, and I think Ch Cheney did too. Yeah, I don't know about Cheney. Cheney, <laughs> Cheney, Cheney I don't know if he was much of a Christian. <laughs> I mean, I don't I think it follows the same thing is i mean anything do not grieve the holy spirit by what you do to your body so that's paul's command to us do not grieve the holy spirit do you not know that your body is the temple of the lord and basically if you understand that god dwells inside of you do you want to pollute him with smoke um is it a sin i i don't know i'm not one to judge like the levels of sin but the point is is that you're polluting the temple that God resides in. We no longer have an external temple. We don't have a Kaaba and we don't have a Ark of the, ta uh, of the Tabernacle we, or the Ark of the Covenant or a Tabernacle. We are that temple. And so we should treat it appropriately. Now the Bible, uh, you know, has many references to people drinking wine and stuff like that. Uh, but Hedy and I, uh, it's been four months now? We April. April. So back in April, um, made the decision to not drink alcohol and not to have any alcohol in the house and to um, to just take that out of our, our lives. And 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 her reasoning and my reasoning may be slightly different, but what I what I now feel strongly about is that it's it's that 
that polluting what you're talking about. Yeah. It's not, it would be, uh, if we smoked, we would probably do the same thing. It, we, we both, I, I know for sure I feel better not having for alcohol sure. in my diet, even if it's once a week or once a month, um, to not polluting our house, not polluting, not polluting, <laughs> yeah, not polluting um, the idea that our children have about who we are as a person. And, and we've already seen, yeah, and their access to it. We've already heard stories that have uh, made that decision uh, seem <laughs> really wise. <laughs> and uh, did I tell you what happened yesterday when I picked up Kelly? No, because my daughter confirmed for us that her friend started drinking at um, 13 years old because she had access in the house. And I was like, oh, goodness, you're not drinking, are you? And she's like, mom, I have no access. And I was like, right on, no access. <laughs> so what I'm saying is, I mean, there's one reason to quit is because you're an alcoholic and it's just, it's destroying your your life, right? Our decision isn't wasn't based, it was based on the pollution of our lives and in the occasional debauchery that would come from drinking. But when I picked up Kelly yesterday at the house where he was spending, you know, they were having a block party, a cul-de-sac um, uh, of houses, closed off the cul-de-sac and they had uh, party. You know, party, barbecues and, you know, the easy ups and all that kind of stuff and a lot of alcohol. Um, and when Kelly wanted to leave, he wanted to leave because the the man of the house was, was drunk. And he He's goes, like, I just, I needed to get out of there. It just wasn't going nice. well and oh, so yeah God. so uh, it's um, he's it, a good young man <laughs> but it was he goes you know i called andrew and he said hey can i come over to your house because andrew lives close to the other house i probably should not have used names but it wasn't andrew's family um uh but it, it was like can i it's probably better if i come over to your house Whoa. and uh it went over there so uh, it's just that's uh, i think and just back to gaffon i want to make sure and try to connect these things together so they don't sound like i went off on a, another squirrel but it's the, the what you talked about which is important which, yes. which caused me to have that thought is that the pollution what is it you're doing what is it you're taking into your body that's polluting not only you but the people around you, you. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. and god doesn't want us to do that would it keep us from going to heaven probably not depending uh but God does not want us to pollute ourselves or the body. And we must admit also we're held to a higher standard. We right. are preaching the word. And so there are a number of references in the Bible that teachers will be held to an account. And I told, and we read the other day, the verse where God says he will not be mocked. And so we cannot make a mockery of the gospel where you say one thing and you behave in another way. It's, a, you know, we have to try to, we have to be walking this out as best we can to do justice to the words that we are giving out to people. Uh, you know the connection of this one? Uh, she, we did that one already. Okay. Uh, I actually want to answer this one. Uh, can Christians uh, drink non-alcoholic beer if one chooses to do so? Yes, but why bother? <laughs> uh, the other thing is, is are you... Not you, uh, Gaffon. I almost called him Stefan. Uh, Gaffon, it you know, it just it made me think suddenly when they asked this question: Is are are you not you again? Or is it, anyone is anyone drinking the non-alcoholic beer to try to fit in with the people that are drinking alcohol? And that again, that shows a weakness in you that you have to. Don't be, some people say they like the taste of it? I don't think so. It's who likes it? Who, who, who likes, likes the, the taste of it? <laughs> But that's what Zara told me. She's like, why do people drink beer? Does it taste good? And I was like, no, it does not taste good. She's like, some people say it tastes good. I'm like, they're lying. 
It does not taste good. It does. It does actually taste good. Um, and some forms of it do. Some like, I don't know, that doesn't taste so good. But the alcohol level is really high. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so it's just, I think there's, if, if, if you're drinking the non-alcohol so you can fit in, I, I think you're, if as a Christian, now I'm speaking as a, if, uh, from a Christmas standpoint, Christian standpoint, you should, yeah, exactly. You should be there drinking the water, drinking the thing that people and, can and notice. Showing like, people that yes, you can live that way. And I brought that up. I went to a, uh, a an event where alcohol was a very not important, prominent. A, a prominent, thank you, a prominent, that's why I have you around. I would not get through a show. I don't know how I did it before you came around. Um, you, but, you use different words. Yeah. <laughs> I was like uh, Porky Pig. I was just like, but it was the thing. It was the thing. There was many people there that knew me from before, knew the old man. They're seeing the new man and they're going and they're here and it caused an opportunity for me to witness Yes, and to be there. So um don't do it. Uh, it's and it's not because it's bad or you can't. Don't do it because you don't know uh, the divine appointment you may have by not by, by not drinking uh, and may not pretending that you're drinking. Sorry. Um, good. The closer you get to him, the more these addictions are shaved from us. Amen. Very good. Can Christians can in Christianity can you listen to secular music? Thank you. That's every possible question <laughs> in the book, Upon. I think we've covered every possible topic. I think he's been in the car with us now. Uh, well, that's that's the thing. I I love our pastor's explanation, and I got to tell you, it has been true for me. This is not an indictment of anyone who listens to secular music. We often do because of our children too, but. Uh, Pastor Jack uh, says, he says, I don't listen to country music. And you know why? And he says that it all, all it does is talk about drinking and women and fornicating. And he says, and it, it creates this desire and this behavior that I just don't like. And he says, and I don't listen to music I used to listen to because I can literally tell you exactly where I was and what I was thinking and what I was doing when I heard that song. And he's like, I don't want to go back to that person. I don't want to revisit that memory. And I'm like, hallelujah, because <laughs> I literally feel the same thing. Like if I listen, I have the same problem with Christian uh, country music. It just, I don't know, it stirs something weird in me. I used to love country music, but I feel like I loved it for all the wrong reasons. Uh, and two, I don't like listening to music from my past. It literally can conjure up a memory in an instant. And the memory may start off good, but it doesn't end good. And the, the more I try to get rid of that old woman, I don't want her creeping back through my radio. Mm. Okay. So is it forbidden? No. But those are the reasons why I choose to avoid it. Elton John's uh, Ben in the Jets reminds me of um, getting, I'm dying. getting caught shoplifting. And, and getting dad, punched in the face. And my dad punched me in the face. <laughs> but it's not a bad was, thing. If without that's that punch, not a bad thing. No. Without my dad punching me in the face for shoplifting, when I was in second grade, I was in second grade when this happened. Uh, without that punch in the face, I don't know that I would ever become a cop. I know. I, I never stole after that. Never. I, I, I understand that, but yeah. let's literally think. Does that bring you fond memories of your father getting punched in the face? No, it doesn't. You can make a story good to see the good out of it, but remember... You could have approached it a different way, but I don't think, know that it would have had the impact. You think... That's a wonderful. I mean, that's the least that he did to me. That's I know, but that's <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, how does that how does that help in your walk today in forgiveness in in moving on to remember getting punched? That can't possibly be good. Mm. 
I understand you see good in it. You have reconciled to see good in it. There are so many kids today that don't that, that would be much better off if they would have been spanked when they were little. Spanked, yeah. not punched. It, this was it. I was I was shoplifting, Hedia. Yeah, I deserved little. a punch. No, <laughs> no kid deserves a punch. Somebody say something to him. No kid deserves to get punched. He didn't like bloody my nose. He just went tap. Oh, it was a little bit of a. It wasn't uh -huh. completely closed, but it was a bap <laughs> in the face, and I fell to the ground there at Kmart there in Buena Park on Beach Boulevard and La Mirada Boulevard, oh. right across from the Big T Golf Course. <laughs> Did you see? He knows literally. The song comes on, and it's like he relives it. In the manager's office right there, second floor, in the see-through mirrors, the, the two-way mirrors or the one-way mirror. Yeah, that's right where I was. Uh, saying Lisa got punched in the face by her dad when she got caught shelter. And Lisa, is, I don't that, know. is that a fond <laughs> memory? I don't know. She, I, I know, know. <laughs> from what Lisa said, those are not fond memories. No, I don't know. She's talking about with about the same thing. <sighs> Here, Lisa says. Nobody in authority over a child should ever hit them. Partially, Jesus said, the meek shall inherit the earth. <laughs> oh, boy. You're going you're gonna to get into a cute discussion with Andy because I believe the same thing. And actually, my daughter's, I had a, uh, I used to slap my daughter occasionally i get really really frustrated and then i had slap her and her therapist told me you were you were violating her you're you were violating her body and my daughter looked over and goes yeah you are <laughs> and, I, and i literally from that moment forward i just couldn't do it ever again i just i literally felt that i was i just you know why you know why because i i couldn't do it if i wasn't angry and so if you're doing something out of anger, it can't be right. If you could go calmly into your child's room and be like, okay, it is now time for a spanking and still carry it out. Maybe so when they're really little, but to go, to just get angry and go whack to a angry. kid. He wasn't angry that you were no. shoplifting. I mean, here's some, he was probably, he was, uh, he was disciplining. He was, okay. uh, there is a fine line. Listen. I, I, I know I kind of carried on a little bit uh -huh. too far, but uh -huh. there is a, a fine line between discipline and abuse. I, again, I was a sex crimes detective, family crimes detective. I investigated these things. And there were times when people, when kids would call the cops for being disciplined and we had yeah. to look at it and go, no, it's, that's that you're being disciplined. Now, you know, go back home and be disciplined. And then another time you have to make these, these decisions. I, I, I strongly remember, believe as a Christian. We're talking as a believer, as a follower of Christ. Do you think that that's the way you discipline now as this man, not the old man, not, mm. not the validations of spankings, but as it, which is the same thing about alcohol. Is it the same mm. with everything yeah. else? If you're holding yourself to a higher standard, do you want your kid being, yeah, my dad just punched me yesterday. <laughs> I wouldn't punch. <laughs> right? I wouldn't punch. I'm just telling you the effect it had on me at that time. Right. I, I mean, by then I'd already been spanked. I can't tell you how many times. 20, 30 times. So it, it to me, it was expected because it was, I had, I had gone a, up a level with the beach before when I get spanked was for not picking up dog poop or pulling the weeds properly that, that, you know, this was clearly some, a, a higher violation. Okay. It was a, it was a, it was a felony in his eyes, <laughs> but that was in World War II. He, he was in France. He was in Normandy. So, you know, he is a little bit more of a disciplinarian. Yes. He was in the army. Okay. Okay. Lisa's, I, this is a good one. Lisa makes a good point. What's in this here? Uh, yes. Uh, I forget the proverb, but it's uh, spare the rod, spoil the child. Yes. 
I only spent my, I only uh, spent, meaning hit, I spanked my child on the back of the thigh and pulled a little hair on the back of her neck and counted one, two, three, and it worked. I never had any more than that. Yeah. See, that's the thing is, is that I think you can make an impact um, without violence. It's the best way I can say it. And Kate says, yeah, I carried one spoon. Yet four boys. I can totally understand that. They got one warning. <laughs> it's like a mom with a shoe, you know? Like they see the shoe get up and everybody starts running. Kelly, my son, uh, who's now 16, he was like six, I think it was. Six or seven. And uh, he smarted off to me. Um, like said something. I told him to do something. He goes, no, you do it. And I spanked him, and I it, it was a good one. They knocked him a, a good two feet off of the ground on his butt. Okay, enough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, do you uh, do you ever hear him smart off to me? No. <laughs> it's a boy. Boys the ends are different. Do not justify the means. Yeah. All right. You Talk can you can get a the same. Uh, respect from a child without physical violence. You could easily take well, their see, device. When you say physical violence, it's, you're taking it into it. If a, you move two feet, that was physical violence. <laughs> Where is he? I'm going to bring him in here and see how he feels about it. Oh, yeah. They do that. The only thing I say, he goes, oh, oh he goes, that. he'll tell, he tell, see, but he's the oldest and he tells the boys, never smart off to dad. <laughs> and they go, okay. And they know. You can see now I have a, 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 a preacher. Mm. <laughs> Make an example. It's kind of like the. I know. Nobody thinks I'm a horrible person. All the people that used to like me, they're like, oh, what a horrible person he is. He doesn't do it anymore. <laughs> I would throw myself bodily in front of the children. <laughs> I don't even like when he raises his voice. It scares me. <laughs> you, you, you know that, but it's very effective. But that doesn't end. Don't justify the means. Effective in what? Creating fear. There should be a reverence. There's a difference. A reverence, a respect. There is. Not necessarily founded on fear. There is. Andy. Andy. One question. <laughs> Do you think you could say the same thing to Hetty and all of us? Would you say the same thing to God when you meet him? Tough love is hard and tough love is hard. I know I've got lots of regrets. Yes. You don't think God has been, has, has chastened us? He, no, he covered I think the world with water. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think what she's saying is that would you tell God the same thing that you're telling us? Yes. Huh. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Obedience, not respect. It's a tough one, this corporal punishment stuff. Mm. There's no easy answer. We all know. We've all been in the heat of the moment. We've all had difficulty. Uh, I believe Kate is like me and Lisa, where we've been single parents and you're just at your wit's end, you know? But we've got to be a good Christian witness. We don't want to ruin our witness. I don't even like when I raise my voice to my daughter anymore because that means I'm out of control. Uh, yeah, and again, so I, I draw this line between discipline and um, and abuse, uh, and screaming and being stern. It's two different things. I like that. Uh, I like what Lisa says. God chastening us and us chasing each other. Two different <laughs> meals. Yeah, I wouldn't do that to her. I'll, I mean, oh, you better not. No, unless we're reading the Song of Solomon. Sol Solomon. Chasing Song in a good way. <laughs> That's the only kind of chasing that's happening in this house. <laughs> I 
<laughs> and my ex once uh, tried to throw me down, like grab me. And I looked at him and I said, listen, you touch me again. I'll shoot you in your sleep. I swear to God, I'll shoot you in your sleep. <laughs> and he looked at me and he's like, I actually believe you. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, good, because you should. Um, another thing that goes along with it is that we uh, always follow up with a I love you. I, just, no, I didn't, I didn't no. want to do this. <laughs> I didn't mean to do it. No. A discussion and you know why that you got spanked. Um, you deserved yes. it. Yes, I understand now. I said, are you going to do that again? Bad. Are you going to do that again? They said, no. All right, then I don't have to do it again. There we go. And We have a we have different philosophies. Yes, this, you don't have any boys. Uh, it doesn't matter. It I've does. got a girl worth four boys. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. Because there are many times you wish you could beat her. <laughs> no, not in your life. Uh, not even, didn't even cross my mind. Uh, parenting is not easy, Hedia, especially no, today's day and age. Or every day and age are up against uh, demons and wickedness and darkness. It's difficult to pull your child out of the darkness. Yeah, never in, in in my anger. Yes. Yeah. See, there, there's again, there's there's some things that are, are are based on what's happening at the time and and what it takes to get the point across. I, I, I talk about this in dog training all the time. If you have people who believe and going to dog training, I, I like dog analogies, yeah. but when it comes no, to it, it's parenting. exactly the same. It is exactly the same. And I know we're going on an hour and 13 minutes here, but this is really important because I have gone through 30 years of dog training and, and this discussion that happens constantly. I've given seminars to hundreds of people about this, this idea that you can have um, purely positive dog training. People try, have tried it. I didn't say purely positive. Well, mm -hmm. I didn't were say you, were... you withhold. No, that's not purely positive. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's you can do it without, it without physical violence. You could withhold. You could withhold that, things from that child, which is not a positive. discipline. Right, it's a discipline. Now, people go again. There's extremes. Yeah, you, <laughs> you have to let me finish. Okay. Purely positive, where they're saying there's no correction, no negativity. No, no and I said it, it is an impossibility. But yeah, people write books on something. What there's a book called Purely Positive Dog Training. I go, let me read this book. Uh, you can't get in three pages, and they get into uh, where you hold back food. I said that's not positive. And sure. so you have these levels of discipline. One of them can be in dog training, can be withholding the thing that they love. Yes. And, and it, it's the same thing with kids. You withhold the thing that they love. Absolutely. And then you have the other forms of correction for greater violations. One of those things can be aggression. It can be running out to, uh, to the street, uh, out the front door and into the street. And any kind of here's a treat, would you come back, doggy, is not going to work. It is never going to work, totally even, even if the dog is starving. Um, um, if uh, you raise your voice, stop, you're going to get hit by a car. The dog, right? same thing with the child. A young child is running towards I the totally street. Agree. You say, stop. You're gonna be... at, at some point, you have to go into the physicality to make your point. I do not agree. At, how are you going to stop them if you don't go into physicality? How we're are you going to grab them? Listen, we're not talking it's about either get hit the by the car. We're not talking or... about running in the street. We're talking about engaging in behavior. And you know this full well because you've watched it with mm -hmm. me, that you can stop behavior of a child with other disciplinary measures that do not involve use of force, physical use of force. It is a discipline. You withhold things that mm -hmm. they love or they want, or you permanently refuse 
uh, re revoke a privilege. And that is as effect is more effective, I think, than the physical use of force. We disagree? Yeah. <laughs> Can agree to disagree? <laughs> Again, it goes, it goes back years of, of dealing with this and studying it and, and reading that, that at some point there's going to be a, a physical contact of some sort. Well, see, now Lisa gives us a good example where she says, as a mom, I've had my grown son bigger than me squeeze him to death while he was trying to hit me and kept squeezing him because he was hitting me and I wanted to hit him, but I just kept holding him and squeezing him. So there she's totally justified with a bigger son mm -hmm. to have whacked him, but found another way of stopping the attack. It did involve a physical use of force, but it wasn't striking back. Yes, exactly. Bible says that to withhold discipline, you and the child suffer. Yes, not you never withhold discipline. Um, but I just think that there's other ways to discipline a child. And the Bible says it's not pleasant. I agree with Andy. Votes two, 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 I think. <laughs> Jan is totally quiet. <laughs> Jan has not contributed or and any of the I would love to hear what Gafan has to say. But Gafan left us. He had to go. He had to go go to sleep. Should we, should we go? It says, it's, we've been on quite a while. I know. Thank you. Jazz going to keep going. <laughs> Use the rod. Exactly. Uh, yes. Thank you. Thank you, Kate. <sighs> um, what? No, no more questions. No, no, no okay, one more question. Oh, my I have God. One more question, okay. my love. Okay. My love. <laughs> See? Physical. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, um, no, what was your? I have two things. What was? <laughs> what was your thoughts of when Jack Hibbs at Calvary Chapel Chino Hills? I only repeat it because some people join after our original uh, discussion on this. His message today, when he was talking about that, the cross is only for bad people and evil people. That, that discussion that, that came to that end and he said and he's going yes it is for bad because the argument that the muslim may have is that you put something as good as, as somebody as good as jesus christ would you do that? on and that's why they don't believe it was him so what, what did you think about that particular did it, did it hit you did you already have that that's old that's no old no news. no i i think what was profound about it is that he became our sin just like with the scripture we read today he was he carried our bad Mm -hmm. The man who knew no sin carried our sin so that we may have the righteousness of Christ. So that was us. Yep. That was on that cross. It was our sins on that cross. And he did it for us sacrificially. For me, it may have been one one of, I've had several very important um, lessons uh, from Pastor Jack. But that that one was incredibly powerful to me to, to think of it that way. It never would have even come up with that. That thought. I don't know of any other pastor that would have taught that. Oh, nice. And I just thought it was just a, one of those powerful moments that people can walk away and say, oh my gosh, that really draws a picture of importance and gives gives us tools to give to other people, especially when that discussion comes up. Well, if you got so great, how come you got never right. to the crowns? It's for only for bad people and for criminals. And he's, you know, he's supposed to be Jesus Christ. He's supposed to be God. Oh, was, I, I thought that that was one of the Brilliant. most important things we heard today. Um, 
and then one more thing, but I just want to read uh, uh, Jan's here and just respond to it. Uh, I don't want Andy, Andy to think I'm going hanging up on him because I think he's very loving and he's a policeman. So he put his protection in the heart, uh, in his heart. And I'm sure he is truly harmed his, if he ever he truly didn't. harmed his child beyond his well-being, it would stop him from ever doing it again, uh, which... Um, he probably, probably never did. And I just wanted to say that it's hard when people keep coming at you and you're trying to defend something uh, where you in your heart didn't feel like you were harming your child. And I think, uh, and he's a terrific man. Thank you. Thank I, you I wouldn't think that you're getting up by me at all. Uh, I've had these discussions for years, um, both in, in the dog realm and in disciplining children and had these discussions over and over. And I appreciate it. I appreciate that uh, thought, Lisa, very much. I appreciate you uh, being on. Uh, Kate, let's hit that part. And Lisa would 100%. The last thing before we leave is that uh, Jack, this important one, uh, Jack brought up a family that he visited last night and an incredible story of uh, a woman who has cancer. Two kids uh, have cancer. Uh, or two sons. Oh, I thought she had cancer. Mm. And they have two sons. And one oh, of them I, is, I uh, heard that just had needs. cancer for the ladies. I believe she has cancer. It, it could be that the children have cancer, but the, one of the two kids is special needs. And then uh, they just found out that the husband also has cancer. Um, and husband and wife both, both have cancer. With, with two, two sons. sons. Yeah. You mean the two sons too? So all four of them have cancer? No, no, no. They just have two sons. And one of them is uh, special needs. Oh. But. Um, oh, how sad sad to think that you leave your kids orphans yep. oh my goodness yeah but my um my, my reason for bringing it up is just that that jack was talking about how he felt the presence of god inside that house Amen. and i think that that's it's always an important um thing to to hold as a christian in your heart but also when people ask how why do uh, bad things happen to good people uh and you know how horrible it is and and these thoughts but these things happen not because of god god does not do them this is one of the the reasons why we have god is for moments like this so that we can feel assured where they're going to go if it, if if god decides to take them uh and that the church needs to be there for these two children and um i, I think this can be one of those things that can be uh, in the end a beautiful story wouldn't that be wonderful if Pastor Jack walked into our house and told us that you could feel God in this house? Like, yeah. What a what a testament. Yeah. That's great. Such a and I and I feel like that was one of the passions with Jack today when he was given this message today that brought him to tears toward the end. If you guys were watching, we were at second service, and I don't know what happened in first and third, but um I felt like that was the culmination of what he talked about with what the cross was and what it means to us and why it's so important. And then bring in the story of this couple with their two kids and um, what brought them to tears. And um, that the love of God is uh, spectacular. And even the bad decisions we may make, the good decisions we make, the decisions we make to, to do the things that we talked about today, all, as long as it encompasses God, it, it, the stuff that happens to us is just what happens on this earth. Um, in a fallen world. In a fallen world. Um, so with that, uh, thank you all for participating. Uh, and we know Gaffan's not on, but uh, his questions are always welcome. And we love having that on there. And I love you. I love you. Uh, and all of you. All right. So you all yes, have a great night. Uh, go get the Edify app. It's a great app. And uh, subscribe <laughs> to us. All right, my friends. We love you. God bless. Thank you for joining us. Take care. God bless.